But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and on and on. I mean, at times, I think it's hard to bear that kind of fruit. I mean, that excerpt from the movie, Not Easily Broken, the couple there, Dave and Clarice, they if they practiced the fruit of the Spirit in that moment, I mean, I don't know that the other person would have listened. In that tense time, I mean, every, every one of those fruits of the Spirit, they, they kind of seem too soft, don't they? They seem too non-confrontational. You know, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, you know, gentleness. They just seem maybe like they, like they don't have the punch that they should have at times, don't, don't they? Well, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, if you understand the meaning of each of those words, Maybe, just maybe, they might have an impact. We will know that God the Holy Spirit is making a difference first and foremost in our own hearts if we understand the fruits of the Spirit for what they really mean. And then once God is allowed to make an impact on our own hearts, then I think we'll see how He will use the fruits of the Spirit to make an impact on others. And so this morning, we're going to continue our series entitled Peeled. We're going to look below the surface. We're going to peel back the skin and look inside of our souls and try to figure out the meaning of the next three fruits, which would be patience, kindness, and goodness. So let's start with patience. When we think about patience, we might think, well, patience is not getting mad or not getting frustrated when you know we're waiting in line too long or we're stuck in traffic or you know we're on hold as we're trying to talk to our satellite or cable provider and that music is on there and it's bugging us not that I've ever experienced that myself of course but patience uh, you know, if we're thinking that the fruit of patience is a growth in being able to tolerate that which normally frustrates us, or if we think that it's something like, you know, things that used to bother, bother us now don't bother us anymore, then to understand the word patience in Galatians 5.22, I think we would have missed the mark on understanding what it means. And so let me start by telling you what patience is not, according to this text, what the fruit of patience is not. It is not tolerance. There are actually three 
Greek words that I discovered as I was going through the New Testament that are translated with this English word patience. However, these three words have different meanings and different nuances, and we have to understand that. The first word in the Greek New Testament, Greek is the original language of the New Testament, the first word is the most popular word as you see it peppered throughout the whole New Testament. It's the Greek word hupomone. Hupomone uh, basically means that we endure under difficulty. Uh, hupo meaning under and mone meaning to remain. To remain under or to persevere. That's why normally when you see the word perseverance in the New Testament, it's normally the Greek word hupomone. But hupomone conveys the sense that we tolerate that which is frustrating or that which is difficult or hard. But hupomone is not the word found in Galatians 5.22. A second Greek word that's actually used only once in the New Testament that's translated patience is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. Let me read to you 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. It says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged. That word patient there in the original language is the Greek word anoxococcus. Great word to say, anoxococcus. Um, it's the most intense word for patience that the Greek language uses. That's why in our text here it says patient when wrong. It means that we bear up under the evil that somebody else has intended for us or has actually played out at us. And we bear up under it without getting angry or resentful or bitter in any way. So let's face it, people can be mean. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Broken people try to break people. To be a servant of the Lord means that we get involved with relationships with other people. We try to help each other. But there are times when we want to help that we are wronged. That there's evil intention against us. Anoxococcus is where we, we don't get mad, we don't get bitter, even though we know that we have been treated unfairly. It's an intense word for patience. But anoxococcus is not the word found in Galatians 5.22. In Galatians 5.22, the word is macrothumia. Macrothumia, this word means uh, to be patient when wrong, but it's beyond that. It's broader than that. It means that we, we, we have this same kind of heart when we see others living wrongly, when we see others not living in alignment with God's will for their life. Macrothemia is a sense of tranquility and peace in our hearts when we see or we experience others not living out God's desires for them. So macrothemia is this tension, really. It's this tension between, it's this tension between knowing what's right longing for the rightness of God or the righteousness of God to be played out in people's lives or to be played out in our own lives. And yet, there's this seeing that it's not happening and it gets us angry, really. But at the same time, even though we see it, 
we, we, long, we, we just give people grace. We give people something that they don't really deserve. So, if I had to sum it up, uh, patience in Galatians 5.22, macrothemia means that it is hopefulness. Hopefulness. You see something that's wrong, but you have this hopefulness in your heart. I think it's best played out in God Himself. If we go back to Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9 and verse 22 speaks of God. It says, What if God, although willing to demonstrate His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much patience, macrothemia, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. He sees this wrong that's going on and He's wrath-filled, but yet He's patient. He gives them grace. It's found also in uh, just a few chapters back, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and macrothomia, uh, patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? There's this sense of patience, hopefulness, that hey, you know, just longing for our very best. It's this hopefulness that's best displayed in God. And God's hopefulness by His Spirit then would work in us to bear that kind of fruit. You know, um, I don't know why this was a part of my life growing up, but I can think of three different times in school where I got in a fight. It was sixth grade, Mike Dasso and I. (laughs) Uh, Eighth grade, And then it was like 10th or 11th grade also. Um, That time in high school, it was was an interesting fight. So um, I'm walking down the hall, went to Franklin High School, pretty big school, pretty comparable to Lincoln High School. Guy I didn't even know. Guy I didn't even know. He'd pass me in the hallway and he'd call me a name. Uh, And and his friends would all kind of laugh, you know. And I, at first I'm like, what was that, you know? And then, then it kind of became like a habit. Every time I went past him, he would call me a name. And I remember it was lunch. It was actually after lunch. I'm, um, my friend Kurt and I are going to the bathroom. And in the bathroom is this guy, who again, I don't, I don't know this guy. And so I said to my friend Kurt, I said, hey, that's a dude that keeps calling me a sissy. And, and, uh, the guy looks around at me and he says, hey, you want to fight? You just start something. So as he's walking out of the bathroom, I shoved him out the door. I know, I shouldn't do that. Kids, don't do that. And he turns around and we go at it. Bam, bam, bam. You know, we're just boom, boom, boom. We're just punching each other. And Well, you know, I'm, I'm getting in a few good jabs. And uh, the wrestling coach sees what's going on, and he wrestles me to the ground. Boom, like he like pins me on the ground. And honestly, just between you, he kind of smiled at me when he... That's our little secret. He's, you know, he's no longer with us. But anyway, um, I was brought to the principal's office, so was the other guy. And, and uh I got to be honest with you, in that moment when we were fighting, I, I was not bearing the fruit of the Spirit in the moment. Um, 
If I were to be bearing the fruit of patience in that moment, it would have looked like, you know what? All the taunting, all the bullying, all the, you know, putting me down in front of his friends, making me look dumb in front of his friends, that just caused this bit of wrath and anger to well up in me, and I felt in the moment he deserved it. Maybe he did. I, I'm having a hard time telling this story because I kind of feel guilty. But anyway, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I think if the fruit of patience were happening in me in that moment, even though he deserved it, I would have given him grace. I would have hoped for him that uh, this, this, that, that he, that I would empathize with with how, you know, what, what's behind what's going on. I mean, maybe he's, you know, from a broken home. Maybe I don't know the guy. You know, maybe maybe he is hurt inside of him, and there's something that's just amiss. Obviously, something I don't even know the guy. And I would have thought, man, I want God's very best for him. Maybe God would transform him, and I would just give him grace. Macrothemia, a tranquility, a quietness in our souls when we witness or are recipients of wrongs. And it's tied tightly to the hopefulness of repentance, the hopefulness of someone to turn to the Lord and allow him to change them. Well, the second fruit is that of kindness. Kindness. You know, in that movie clip that we watched, were Dave and Clarice being kind to one another as they met with the bishop? I mean, you know, they got out what they had to say, but were they being kind in the process? I wonder how we would have displayed kindness if we were in their scenario where there's this tension in the marriage, things are not going well. I wonder how we would have displayed kindness if we were there talking to the bishop like Dave and Clarice were. You know, there's a, a line that you probably heard from your mom growing up. I heard it from my mom. It goes like this. You know, if you don't have anything nice to say, what do you say? Don't say anything at all. You know, that could be translated, just it's best to be passive, you know? Clarice, instead of demeaning, Instead of cutting him down, instead of clapping, oh, you know, just don't say anything at all. Dave, instead of being dismissive, instead of kind of just, you know, brushing her off, just don't, just don't say anything at all. Be a little more passive. Now, let me be clear here. Kindness used in Galatians 5.22 is not passivity. It's not being passive. Kindness is not just about not being mean. You know, when someone is mean to us, or they do something that we disagree with that we just don't respond in kind, that's not kindness. It's not the fruit of kindness. It's not letting people make decisions. It's not letting people act the way that they act or do what they do, and we just don't make any waves. We just don't cause any tension. That's not kindness, according to Galatians 5.22. If I had to sum up the word kindness in another word or try to describe it with another word, I would say this. Kindness is compassion. Kindness is compassion. Remember Romans 2.4, uh, that word for patience? I don't know if you picked up on it, but 
Kindness was in there as well. I think in two different places. Go back to Romans 2.4 again. Let me read it to you. Or do you think lightly of the riches of His, God's kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Do you see the compassion in God there? He has this compassion for us. This word for kindness is a consistently generous disposition. We're deep in our hearts. We really want to help others. So in that scenario where I got in a fight with that guy in high school, not only would I not want to retaliate, hoping that he might turn to the Lord and live rightly according to God, but it would go beyond that. It would be, you know what, I really do want your very best. And honestly, even though you treat me poorly, what can I do to help you? <laughs> what can I do to help you become the guy that God wants you to become? It's a sense of real compassion for others. Well, one more fruit. It's the fruit of goodness. Goodness or that which is good, is a very, very common English word in the New Testament. Um, the word translated goodness in our verse, however, Galatians 5.22, is a very rare Greek word in the New Testament. It shows up only three other times in the Greek New Testament. Let me, let me just hammer through those three and we'll see if we can pick up on what this kind of goodness is all about. Go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 14. Romans uh, 15, 14. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to admonish one another. There's a sense of, you're, you just are so full of goodness that, that you, you want to help each other out. You want to admonish one another. And then over in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 6, listen to this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, those who use these empty words. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. It's this fruit of the light, fruit of the Spirit. Verse 10, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This goodness drives us to want to learn what's pleasing to you, Lord. And then one more is found in uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 11. To this end also we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness. And the work of the faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This goodness that's tied tightly to the work of faith with power. When we think of goodness, we may have a tendency to think of it as just someone who's good. You know, someone who... who doesn't do wrong. Somebody who, you know, won't hurt anybody. It won't hurt a fly. You know, the person, they're just so good. They're just a good person. However, let me say this. Goodness, it is not just being pleasant. This goodness is not passive. It's active. 
this goodness, it's not the absence of that which is bad, but it's the practice of that which is good. It is connected, as it says here in First Thess- Second Thessalonians 1, it's connected to the work of faith with power. If we were to, to show how the fruits, these three fruits seem to complement one another, I would say that patience, and I think this is important to understand, patience is having a heart of grace, not giving someone what they deserve. And it's all because we want their very best. Kindness is having a heart of mercy, a desire to help them thrive, to be what God longs for them to be, wanting them to achieve their very best. And then goodness comes in, and it puts actions to those those heartfelt things, being involved in their becoming their very best. And so I would say this, goodness, it is being generous. It's being generous. It's, it's, It's a moral quality where we are genuinely engaged in the welfare of others. It's not just a hope. It's not just an intention that we want what's good for them. But this goodness drives us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit where we must be actively involved in helping. That we're actively involved. So all three of these gifts are directly connected, or these fruits are directly connected to how we treat others. They're not just general terms about our disposition. This is very important. You know, like, he never gets riled. He's patient. Or she just always seems to have a smile on her face. She's so kind. Or, you know, it's just not a bad bone in his body. He's just a good person. Mm-mm, no, no. All of these are much more active. These are nouns that describe an engaged life with other people. If we are to bear these fruits in our lives, then we must be actively involved in relationships with one another. We must be actively involved. And this is going to test us, but we must be actively involved because these three fruits of the Spirit must be uh, shining in solid, deep, authentic relationships with, it, with one another. It's the only way that they're going to show up. And so, back in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. And the last three we'll cover next week. But imagine if just with those six, we were to live those out with one another. Imagine the kind of relationships that we would have. Well, the only way to live them out is seen in the context here up in verse 16. Look at verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets itself against, uh, the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, which is another way to say walk by the Spirit, you are not under the law. To walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, that's how these fruits will be shining through us. I tell you, yesterday, 
yesterday, I, I was a little stressed out yesterday, honestly. I was trying to finish up the sermon. Had a lot going on yesterday, and uh, I'm working on the sermon. And uh, honestly, by my family members, I kept getting interrupted. And uh, initially, I, you know, was pleasant in response. But then I found myself being snappy, you know, giving short answers. I think I just need to move. I just need to go where I'm, where it's quiet, you know. And I, I just, and, and then I, and then I caught myself. Hold on, I'm working on a sermon. And the three main words I'm working on are patience, kindness, and goodness. How ironic is that, huh? You know what I had to do? I had to stop. Just stop. And I had to confess. I confessed to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not bearing fruit right now. I'm not bearing the fruit of the Spirit at all. I didn't only have to confess to the Lord. I had to confess to Jill, honestly. And tell her I was wrong. And I did. It doesn't stop there. Then I had to ask the Lord to help me. Lord, help me to bear your fruit on a consistent basis. Even when I'm stressed out. You know, I think we can identify with Dave and Clarice because we've all been there. I mean, maybe not in marriage counseling, but maybe. But we've been stressed. Our relationships have not always been great. You know, uh, we can be tired. And God knows. God knows. God knows our lives. He knows where we're at. But He doesn't say bear the fruit except when you're stressed out or except when you're you know, not having a good relationship. No, no. There's no excuses. We're supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives always. And so the, the formula for that I think is what I was experiencing yesterday. Stop. You sense like you're not really being patient and kind and good. Stop. And confess. Right then and there. Confess. Confess to the Lord and confess to whomever you're not bearing that fruit with. Because this is all plays out in relationships. Confess. Ask for forgiveness. And then ask the Lord for help. 